in the midst of tragedy, uh, it, it feels hollow to try to find a bright side of the story. So, I'm not going to do that. Um, with that said, though, there is still plenty that needs to be discussed about what is happening, what has been happening this past week. There are things that are worthy of praise, and there are promising and exciting shadows of growth that have peaked its head. So that is going to be what I'm going to do. I'm going to be highlighting all of those things. So welcome to No News. Last week, there was actually a good bit of good news, believe it or not. And though I want to spend most of my time working through the tragedy of George Floyd, I don't want to just ignore that fact. So if you need a reminder that good news still exists, here you go. According to Taiwan News, Taiwan scientists find antibody that fights coronavirus. According to thejournal.ie, there are no new confirmed deaths of COVID-19 in Ireland today. According to HW, New Zealand discharges its last COVID patient from the hospital. And according to Reuters, reopening schools in Denmark did not worsen outbreak data shows. Now, in news of people just generally being rad, According to WZZM13, farmer recovering from COVID-19 gets help planting seeds. According to ABC News, Fortescue and Andrew Forrest lose high court appeal over exclusive native title of WA's Yinjibardi people. According to Variety, cash money records covers June rent for hundreds of New Orleans residents. For environmental news, according to The Guardian, coronavirus pandemic has proved renewable energy is now a safer investment and accelerated the shift. And according to Yahoo News, U.S. renewable fuel use tops coal for first time since firewood rained 130 years ago. And finally, just a random really, really cool story, according to The Week, Neurobiologists actually reverse stroke damage using human skin cells. If you are interested in reading any of these articles, I highly suggest that you do. You can find links to all of them in the show notes below. But first, let's break down what's been happening in the rest of our minds. Just as everyone else, I'm sure, 
I'm still trying to process everything, so if something comes out weird, uh, please excuse me. It, it takes a while for my thoughts to translate into English. Now, if there is something that I say that does bother you, let me know. Um, I, I very much value other people's opinions, especially with stuff that I am less familiar with. That, that I have less life experience with. So, with that said, if something I say bothers you, please let me know and let's have a discussion. Now, I'm sure, just like me, you've heard a lot of what people are doing in response to George Floyd's murder. But I, I want to highlight some that have been overlooked and ought to be recognized. Here are voices that need to be listened to. Specifically, there have been plenty of articles about peaceful protesters, like this one. According to Albuquerque Journal, peaceful protest in Santa Fe draws hundreds carrying signs, singing. About 250 people amassed at the state capitol late Friday afternoon for a peaceful protest, joining hundreds of thousands of people across the country demonstrating against the killing of George Floyd, a black man who died at the hands of a white police officer in Minneapolis on Monday. The demonstration, organized through social media, came a day after protesters in Minneapolis set fire to a police station and other buildings, resulting in the National Guard being deployed. That same night in Albuquerque, police in riot gear used tear gas in a confrontation with protesters, and several arrests were made. A New Mexico State Police helicopter circled overhead at the Santa Fe demonstration. Santa Fe police showed up briefly after protesters took to the streets and marched to the downtown plaza and back, but left soon thereafter. After most of the crowd dispersed, about 50 protesters lingered and continued the demonstration, shouting and passing vehicles, some of which answered back by honking their horns. Quote, I think everyone has had enough. There needs to be change, said a 17-year-old Abby Bay, one of the people who spread the word about the protest on Facebook. Quote, what happened in Minneapolis, it could happen anywhere, even here. Lacking an organizer, several people stepped up to lead the crowd in chants. Quote, we're standing up for the injustices against black people, said Lanika Montoya, who led most of the chants. At one point, Montoya read the news of several dozen black citizens who have died at the hands of police. Another woman, Amy Linquist, led the protesters in a song called Somebody's Hurting My Brother, which she said grew out of the Poor People's Campaign. Protesters also carried signs, some reading there's power in unity, and complacency equals complicity. Holding a sign that said, I can't breathe, Derek Gomez was one of fewer than a dozen African Americans at the demonstration. Quote, what's going on in Minneapolis with the riots and looting, and in Albuquerque with police and their guns, we're here with just signs, he said. 
We have to stand up for what we believe in. Gomez, who grew up in Santa Fe, where fewer than 1% of people are black or African American, said he's experienced racism all his life. Quote, it's great to see the diversity here, especially here in New Mexico, where our culture is rich, he said. It's moving that people here do care. Gomez said he hoped the protest being held across the country will make a difference and change attitudes about racism in America. Quote, as long as we continue, they have to listen to us at some point, he said. The moment we quit is the moment they win. So, I think that these protests are extremely important to lift up and bring attention to, because what they have to say is just as important as the people that are rioting, so their voice should reach just as far too. I'll get to my thoughts on the riots and the lootings in just a moment, but let's focus on these people, these people that I truly believe need to be praised. They are tired of underlying tension that swells and overflows blatantly when these cases of police brutality arises, and they are trying to make it clear to the government that is supposed to represent them, and to the culture under it, that they are tired of this cycle. Despite that, though, in protest to any overlooked racial discrimination, they have chosen to choose a pacifist route, which is profound. Even though they have likely been on those blocks countless times before, shouting the same message over and over again, hoping that it would get to someone, and every single time that seems to fail, they get up and they're doing it again in peaceful protest. They have showed unbelievable patience that is admirable, inspiring, and humbling. It may not feel like it is as powerful as more destructive protests, but to do this in genuine is so, so much more faultless. That is why these people need to be rewarded with copious amounts of attention because they, above anyone else in my opinion, deserve it. They deserve to be heard. Now, if you were to be in support of the riots and lootings as forms of protest, that may come across as ignorant or unfair. And I almost certainly am missing parts of the story. So if that is you, if you are in support, I would love for you to contact me and have a conversation, like I said before. But, but before you do that, let me try to elaborate on, on why I, I, I say that, why I say what I do. Ideologically speaking, that kind of protesting may get at the heart of what you are protesting, the societal veil that allows and overlooks this kind of corruption on a regular basis. However, the issue that arises is the fact that that kind of protest fosters a corrupt narrative against you that you are actively trying 
to destroy. Everyone is the protagonist in their own stories, in their own eyes, and those who disagree with that protagonist are in turn a villain. This is a false paradigm we all need to be weary of, but for those on the other side of your beliefs, you are the villain, whether you deserve to be or not. Because of that, they will take every opportunity to justify that reality and to spread that fear-filled propaganda to those who are still trying to decide what they believe. If they have the opportunity to take from a list of vandalism, looting, property damage, and violence and hostility, even if those things are all taken out of context, they will take them. And they will take along the undecided and the silent who are now too scared to be directly associated with those kinds of actions. So even disregarding ideology or morality, practically speaking, for the sake of what you are trying to demonstrate, it is going to be more hurtful than helpful. That's why these peaceful protests, even if they feel pointless, are so important. Now more than ever. If you believe that unnecessary violence is an unacceptable form of control, that is an argument best made peacefully. Now, with all of that said, though, even though I still can't condone the actions of people who loot and who riot, I, I can't do that in good conscience. After listening to several conversations, I think I understand why they do. This isn't the first time that people have gone to the streets for these reasons. People have been screaming for change for decades, screaming for people who aren't directly affected to take notice of the issues at hand that keep on coming up, and pleading and begging them to make a difference. At the end of the day, though, they don't see any change at all, regardless of whether it's there or not, because if anyone hears them, they don't make it clear that they've actually listened to what they have to say, or that they care enough to do anything. They are tired of feeling ignored, and they want to make sure we have hear, heard them. They aren't going to stop because what they are doing is disruptive. That's why they're doing it. In their minds, at what point of shot vocal cords will the general public care about continuous cases of injustice? After so many years and countless cases, what's the breaking point? And what is it going to actually, what's actually going to make a difference? It's not a point about senseless violence. It's the question of how will the public actually finally listen? Again, I, I don't think this is the answer. But this is a very complicated question. <laughs> So, if you or I want to avoid these types of riots, maybe we need to open dialogues and simply listen intently.
to what they have to say. Give them an op opportunity to let their voice rest from screaming. And maybe we should do something to make a difference in response, to make it clear that their voice has been heard, even without a riot. Let them know that they have been heard. All of what I just said can kind of be summarized in this story, covered by local Fox News station of Flint, Michigan, and by CNN. According to the latter, a sheriff put down his baton to listen to protesters. They chanted with, walk with us. So, he did. A Michigan sheriff joined protesters in Flint Township on Saturday, putting down his weapon and saying, I want to make this a parade, not a protest. Genesee County Sheriff Chris Swanson spoke with demonstrators who were met by police officers in riot gear, local affiliate WEYI reported. Quote, the only reason we're here is to make sure that you've got a voice. That's it, Swanson said in video clips shown on Twitter. Quote, these cops love you. That cop over there hugs people, he said, pointing to an officer. He was speaking to the crowd protesting police brutality and the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. He smiled and high-fived people in the crowd, who responded by chanting, Walk with us! Walk with us! So he did. Let's go, Swanson said, as he and the cheering crowd proceeded. Quote, Where do you want to walk? We'll walk all night. Flint has drawn national attention for its water crisis, which began in 2014. But Saturday's event offered a welcome contrast to violent confrontations in cities across the country. People took to social media to champion Swanson's actions. Quote, This is the correct response from police. Hashtag walk with us, Gwen Campbell tweeted. But Saturday's event offered a welcome contrast to violent confrontations in cities across the country. J.J. Milken, an, another Swanson supporter, said via Twitter, quote, hashtag walk with us is how we change a system that murdered George Floyd. It requires mindfulness of our actions and beliefs. Chris Swanson exemplifies the deputies and officers I know and respect. Community first mentality and led by example. This is a mindful action. This is change. CNN is attempting to reach to the Genesee County Sheriff's Office for comment. On Friday, Swanson addressed George Floyd's death via a Facebook post. Quote, I join with the chorus of citizens and law enforcement officials alike, calling for the swift arrest and prosecution of each police officer involved in this appalling crime. The actions we witnessed, quote, 
the actions we witnessed on that video destroy countless efforts to bolster community policing efforts across our nation and erode trust that is painstakingly built. End quote. So, again, this exemplifies pretty much everything that I believe in and everything that I was trying to say before that article. But even more so, I think this story is important as we deal with the tension in our country and in our communities, because it forces us all to take a moment and ask whether our general beliefs are true. Yes, there are corrupt and discriminatory cops, and there are cops that are complacent to those things. But we should never allow a negative portion to define a whole group, especially when we can find friends and supporters. Equally, there are protesters that are out of hand, that are destructive, and heck, maybe there are protesters who are there simply for mindless chaos. But that should not define in our eyes the validity of the message of those who are there to truly make a difference for the best, in the best ways they can. Now, I'm not dumb enough to say that there is no pr police brutality to be weary of, nor am I smart enough to determine how common that truly is. And I have already gone on about my thoughts of how actions affect a group's message, but right now, I'm not trying to make any of those points. What I'm trying to say is none of our true enemies are people. People change. And people can be changed for the best. No matter where you stand on these issues, people only play a role as a possessed pawn. Really, the enemy that causes this kind of turmoil is fear. That is what sources racism. Fear feeds into that, generalizes people, and makes them a threat, making it able to see your actions of discrimination as self-defense. Equally, fear can infiltrate harmful retaliations the exact same way. It can cause that. It's fear that controls both sides of the extreme and allows people to justify in their own minds what you think is incomprehensible. Worst of all, fear left alone feeds off of itself. The more a narrative of fear is believed, the more real it truly becomes. The more you are hostile, to the people fear is using, the more powerful it becomes to bring downfall. Discrimination is a self-sustaining parasite, and the only way to kill it is to intentionally counteract its narrative in love, and to leave it no room to grow in the future. Love is best shown interpersonally. When someone stops being just a part of a group for you, and when they become someone to foster a relationship with. Because of that, most of the good news that's going to come from this tragedy, uh, it, 
most of that good news and the progress in this fight against racism and social injustice, it's going to be silent. There are going to be millions of minds that are transformed for the best that I will never get to talk about on this show. That isn't to say that it's not going to matter or that it's not going to be visible in those relationships. In fact, it is those connections that will allow this draining cycle to stop. And as we raise the next generation, we leave no room for it to rise again by how we talk about other people to our children and how we intentionally support one another, regardless of anything. So, what can people like me do right now? As is clear in this episode, there are plenty of protests, but also clear is the acknowledgement that you may not feel as though they are wise to take part in. However, if you are in or close to areas where people are having have been rioting, uh, you can help out in a different way. Take, for example, this article from NBCK5. Community rallies to clean up downtown Seattle after Saturday's violent protests and looting. That is a really... That is a really cool example of of initiatives like this popping up, and they're popping up all over the place. Like with the Free Hug Project's cleanup, our community initiative that happened Saturday as well. Even though those two are over, I'd still highly recommend watching the promotional video for Free Hugs Projects. It will be the top link on the show notes below. It is quite encouraging and inspiring in this regard, and it shows why initiatives like these are important and valuable to fight against discrimination. If you can take part in one of these, or if you would like to take part and don't know how, you can go to cityjoy.org to volunteer in a city near you and do the same. Or you can donate food and clothing to one of their initiatives. Uh, Again, that will be the second link in the show notes. At cityjoy.org, you'll also be able to donate to them financially, which I intend to do as well. Uh, There are plenty of organizations you could donate to as well, and there are plenty of lists of donations that you can find incredibly easily all over the internet. But the other ones that I myself am looking into supporting is the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, as well as the official George Floyd Memorial Fund, even though that is crucial. What's most important in this time is building those relationships that are going to make sure that these eventually cease and that they cease as soon as possible. It's 
so important for us to have conversations and to listen to those who need to talk. So check in with friends who are people of color. Give them a safe space to process and share their thoughts and opinions as they need be. And ears that are willing to hear. It's so important to make sure that they know that they are not going to be doing this alone. And it's so important for people who have been screaming from the rooftops to know that they have people that care and that want to do something. Strike up conversations and find out what you can do to make a difference. Let's foster a great week with those great relationships. And let's go out and do some good.